welcome to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for joining us today. Get ready to be inspired and motivated to live a high-impact life. Now, here's Rick. Welcome to another episode of the Point of Impact podcast. I'm Rick McDaniel. Thanks for joining us again today. And today, we're going to focus on a new theme for the next, next several episodes, and that's mental health. Everything that's been going on uh, in terms of Mental Health Month and then uh, Naomi Osaka uh, dropping out of the French Open because of mental health issues as an athlete just brought that to the fore. And uh, just what's taken place because of the pandemic. And and I did an episode on this last year, last summer, but I want to spend three episodes here over the next three weeks and talk about some of these particular emotions that are very challenging for all of us leading up to uh, uh, the conclusion of this uh, first season of 2021. So let's just talk for a moment uh, about that a little bit. So we'll do three weeks on your mental health the next three weeks, and then we'll take a break for the summer and come back with a new season in the fall. And part of that break is because of some of the things that are happening in my own life, beginning with this huge event, the Your Comeback event. I just got back from Atlanta, was on television, on radio, talking about the event. It's uh, really becoming something really significant. Would love to have you join us. Uh, if you can possibly get to Atlanta, or maybe you know people in Atlanta, on Saturday, June the 26th, one day, 9 to 5, lunch included in the registration. So six sessions, there'll be six sessions, three in the morning, then a lunch break, three in the afternoon. And for your registration, you get all of all the content and you get the meal, all of that in, in one fell swoop, as they say. So it's going to be a fantastic event for people and who isn't in this category who need to come back from this incredible pandemic setback that we have experienced here over the last year plus. And now it's time to have a financial comeback, a career comeback, a relationship ship or relational comeback, a business comeback, a church comeback, spiritual comeback, an individual comeback. I mean, you know, on and on and on and on it goes. And Dr. Mark Rutland and myself, he's the organizational comeback expert. I'm the personal comeback expert. We're going to get together and just uh, tag team. I'll speak one session, then he'll speak the next. YourComebackEvent.com is the website, YourComebackEvent.com. More information, and that's where you can register and get your tickets. And I really hope that you will be a part of that because that is going to be absolutely fantastic. And I can't wait to meet you and uh, to just uh, share with you what I think is going to be a day that's going to launch people out of this this, uh, phenomenal setback that we've been in and launch people into a fantastic new comeback. So it's going to be great. And Atlanta, Georgia, Mount Perrin Church, incredible facility. I was there as well earlier this week. One of the premier, really, facilities, 280,000 square feet of church, and it's one of the biggest in the country. Uh, uh, Parking garage with four levels, 800 and something spaces. I mean, plenty of parking right off Interstate 75, super easy to get to. It's going to be a really, really great event, and I hope you can be a part of it. And then I'll be going out to uh, Colorado, and then I'll be going um, 
out of the country. So I'll, I'll, I'll be sharing again when I get back. We should have some good episodes and talk about some of those experiences and things. But I'll be gone for a while. So that'll be in the summer. But before we get there, let's let's focus in on what's happening over these next three weeks and these next three episodes because I really want to see if I can help folks. And uh, we talked about uh, sadness last episode and now this episode is on anger. So sadness last week, episode this week, and then one more episode uh, next week on your mental health. So anger is just, uh, you know, it's really, really, really challenging. And of course, it, it can lead to all kinds of very, very bad outputs. Uh, anger doesn't solve anything. It builds nothing, but it can destroy everything. That's a little phrase there. Anger doesn't solve anything. It builds nothing, but it, it can destroy everything. Now, you may say, well, I can use anger for a positive purpose. And I would say you can, and I'm going to talk about that today. But when I talk about just having anger and not doing anything with it that could possibly be constructive, and that's a challenge to do, then it ends up building nothing and it can destroy everything. So let's just uh, start with a couple of stories that I just think are just incredible. This one's from like 25 years ago. I put this in my files, but you just, you can't make this stuff up. A guy named Steve Tran in Westminster, California, 1995. He was just going nuts with the amount of cockroaches that were in his apartment. And so he really wanted to, and this is his quote, I really wanted to kill all of them. And I thought if I would use more of these bug bombs that it would last longer and get rid of them for longer. So what Steve did was that he activated 25, not one, not two, not even five, 25 bug bombs in his apartment. Unfortunately, what happened is that when the spray from 25 bug bombs reached the pilot light of his stove, it ignited, it blasted his screen door all the way across the street. It broke out every one of his windows and, he, and it set his apartment on fire. According to the label, Two canisters of the fumigant would have solved Steve Tran's roast problem. Two cans would have taken care of his apartment. Two cans. Two cans. He used 25. You know, just like, just like, I can't take it anymore. I can't stand it anymore. I'm going to destroy every one of these stinking cockroaches. And, and uh, all he did was uh, blow up his apartment in the process. It's just... Wild. And so that one you could, you know, you could file under kind of like, ah, oh, funny, funny stuff that people do when they're mad. All right. Here's one for you. And this is the farthest thing from funny that I think you could ever uh, possibly get. So here it is. A man was very, very named Ronald Lee Shinnebarger. Ronald Lee Shinnebarger from Indiana, Franklin, Indiana. And here's the story. 
he was furious with anger at his wife because she refused to cut short a cruise vacation that they were on uh, when his father passed away. So his dad passes away and his wife says, we're not cutting short our vacation just because your dad passed away. So his response in terms of that anger that just uh, stayed with him, percolated inside him, is that he planned to exact punishment on his wife. And this is what he did. He purposely fathered a child, got his wife pregnant, the child was born, and then as she was ecstatic and in love with this new baby that had come into their lives and to their family, he killed the baby boy. Killed his own son. And when police asked him why he did it, he said, it's my revenge on my wife for refusing to cut short our vacation when my dad passed away. Wow. Wow. We went from funny to frightening pretty quick there. But we can see what anger can do. And many times when we think about anger, we think it is more male-focused because of the majority of crimes are committed by men, violence by men. So it seems like men are the ones that have more problems with anger than women. And what uh, psychologists and psychiatrists and others in the mental health field tell us is that it's not that anger affects men more than women, it's just the way they deal with it or how it affects them impacts their life is different. So for women, anger in a disproportionate way to men, just like disproportionately for men, it involves, say, violence. For women, it involves depression, obesity, autoimmune diseases, partially as a result of their unhealthy reactions to anger. Women get angry when they cannot meet their own expectations, when they could not change frustrating circumstances at their job, when family members, friends, or coworkers fail to live up to expectations, or when they believe they're being treated unfairly or unjustly. Those are the things that particularly uh, upset women and, and cause them to become angry. Now, you can say, well, a lot of that may be for men as well, and that may be true. But those are the things particularly that, that, that get to men. And, and again, we'll, we'll develop this in, in greater detail here as we go on. But let's just say this uh, sort of as a start is, you know, anger is, is not wrong. It's not wrong to be angry or sinful to be angry. It's really how we deal with anger that is the key, not the fact that we might have anger or be angry. In the book of James in the Bible, chapter 1, 
Verse 19 says, my dear friends, you should be quick to listen and slow to speak or to get angry. So it doesn't say you shouldn't get angry. It says you should be slow to get angry. And then it goes on in verse 20 to say, if you are angry, you cannot do any of the good things God wants done. So, I mean, that's really the, the crucial thing there is that how does anger keep us from really doing the good things that we should be doing? That's the problem, how anger just can really just mess up our lives in so many different ways. Just absolutely, absolutely mess up our lives. And that's the thing. Let, let me give you an, another story from out of uh, the state I happen to live in, Virginia. This is up in Northern Virginia in Fairfax. So a man was hired as the chief auditor for Fairfax County, which is the largest county in Virginia, right around Washington, D.C., before he actually officially started his very nice paying job, he had to quit. And here's the reason why he had to quit. He was pulling out of his driveway on a Friday morning when a 17-year-old high school student came by as he was pulling out. And the student says that she slammed on her brakes and she honked her horn at this guy whose name was Hernan Welch, 47 years old. Hernan Welch, 47 years old, is pulling out of his driveway and this 17-year-old new driver. And I guess, you know, she... Saw him coming out, beeped at him, uh, you know, could have just been beeping at him to say, hey, I'm coming, you know, or, or who knows, who knows, maybe he thought, hey, I'm, I'm on my way out, you stop. Don't know what happened, but some type of dispute took place, some type of traffic dispute took place. And so he pulled up to her at the traffic light and he rolled down his window and he shouted at her. That's what she says took place next. Caught up with her at the traffic light, shouted at her. About an hour later, he went to the high school where she went to school and used a knife to flatten the tires on the girl's car. The police found out about it, charged him with destruction of private property, and he had to resign a job he had not even started yet. He was hired, but he had not yet begun. Before he could even start his new job, he had to say goodbye to his new job because he got so mad at this 17-year-old girl and what she did that not only did he shout at her, but he went up to her high school where cars parked and he went and slashed her tires. Wow. Anger. Now, anger, there's aggressive anger. That's what this is, right? That's where it gets verbal and physical. There's passive anger. And that's where we, uh, you know, breed guilt in other people. <laughs> there's passive aggressive anger, which is kind of the understated way of expressing our anger. There's indirect anger. That's where we use some third party. So there's all different types of anger. So much anger in our 
lives and in our world. I mean, there's just absolutely no doubt about it. And and you say, well, yeah, but there's you know reason to be angry, like drive traffic. Yeah, I mean driving, man. It's just I I I lose my temper more driving than in anything else that that I do on any regular basis for sure. So, you know, what is it? What, what are the reasons? Well, perceived injustice is definitely one of the reasons that we get angry. Uh, another is our blocked goals, things that we want to do that we can't do, or we're blocked from doing in some way. And then of course, personal assault, whenever we're uh, physically messed with that certainly brings out anger in us that's that's understandable i read an article years ago it, it, it was called the, the 10 c's of anger and some of the c's are you know it's a, it's a bit of a stretch to try to put make them all be c's but compressed time you know we're we're frazzled with our hectic daily responsibilities can't seem to get it all done and and then we have some type of Again, resentment and anger because because of it, communication overload. You know, we're just just overload with the, with information like never before, absolutely never before. Immediacy and urgency, uh, you know, just just constantly. So we end up just it's too much information, and too much information can result in too much anger. If we knew less, we wouldn't be as upset. Disconnectedness, you can see here where they're sort of playing with the C, the connectedness, but the this in front of it. You know, just the, the pace of our culture and uh, the work that needs to be done. And so what happens is, is that sometimes relationships take a back seat to that. And, you know, here in the pandemic, for some, they've been able to work on the relationships more because they've been at home. But I just always want to caution those who act like everybody spent a year at home. I did not spend a year at home. I, I did not do that. And there are many people who work jobs that don't even allow them to be able to do that. Cost, you know, the ever increasing cost of living and just the the costs that are out there that just put pressure on us and can make us mad when we can't get what we need to get or want to get or would get for our loved ones competition. You know, we're just constantly competing with others for secure employment, recognition, personal space on the road, you know, you name it. Customer contact, you know, just the, in the indifferent or the incompetent or just the flat out rude customer service person. And so, uh, you know, it just makes for some, it can make for some very ugly reactions. I was just on, again, on a plane coming back from Atlanta. And, you know, it's really tough, man. There's a lot more people in the airport now. And you're reading stories about people getting upset and having altercations. And it's, it's uh, you know... Don't have to wear, I haven't worn a mask anywhere for at least a couple of weeks. And then you get an airport, you got to wear a mask. And, you know, it just, it just creates a lot of issues. Computers, <laughs> the seas of anger. You know, we expect technology to work it flawlessly. And guess what? It doesn't always work. I mean, you want to get mad. It's like, you know, have some type of IT problem when you're trying to get your work done and do what you need to do. Man, that'll get you going for sure. Change, you know, the pace of change makes us uncomfortable, things happen to, to people that we love, they lose their job, they move, there's illness, 
mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, we, the idea of course of control versus change. We don't have control because too much change is happening, creates a lot of anger in people coming of age. Again, this is a stretch with the seas, but you know, the message we get about what's attractive, about what's desirable, about what's trendy. And so we can feel out of place, feel like we're too young, we're too old, or we're too in between. Just, you know, just don't like it. Just don't like who we are. It makes us angry. We wish we were this or that. We wish we looked like this or that. We had this or that. And then complexity. Yeah. You know, society and culture. And look what, you know, we're just struggling with. So many things that we struggle with, all the racial issues in our country that come to the fore and we're discussing the age-old issues of, of, of poverty, crime, what to do about these things. There's enormous divides between people. There are people that are trying to set us against one another in a very segmented, almost tribal way tribal you know it's so ancient we're supposed to be so developed and yet some of the things you see really look like they you know are from 2500 years ago so we try to balance family and work and health and community and leisure time it's it's challenging stuff challenging stuff when all these things the complexity of life and the 24-hour news cycle and the fact that on top of all of that is just the fact that we, it's like we're, it's one, the world is a village, you know, like we just, we know about what's happening in all these other places besides just where we live. And so you say, yeah, Rick, you know, um, you spend a good portion of this episode uh, just, you know, trying to my mental health and all you're doing is pouring it on. Well, you know, before you can solve the problem, you got to, acknowledge it identify it and i just wanted to do that and try to help us because i think it is helpful just you know why am i so angry and now you listen to this you go yeah no wonder i'm so angry no wonder i'm struggling because there's a lot of stuff that upsets you there's a lot of stuff that is upsetting so what can we do about it all right here we go first thing is identify your default mode when it comes to anger and let's just get rid of this silliness that, you know, you don't get angry because we all get angry. So let's just, we'll get past that. So what's your default mode? In other words, aggressive, is that your, your, your mode, you know, verbal, maybe even physical, hopefully not. There's occasions when physical is necessary, uh, but those are few and far between. Passive, are you that, is that your default mode? You know, sort of breeding guilt in other people, passive aggressive, you know, you're, you're, you're doing the indirect way of, uh, not indirect maybe, because that's another form, let me be clear. You're, the understated means uh, of, of letting your anger be expressed or just straight and direct anger, meaning you're, you go through other people, you go through third parties. And uh, which, you know, which is it? Which is the way in which you respond when you get angry, when things uh, upset you? That's, that's, you just have to understand yourself and know yourself. What is the, what is your, your mode? What's the default setting that you're at when, when, again, go back to when there's injustice, when there's you know, things you want to do and accomplish are blocked in some way, 
what, what do you do when there's expectations that are not met? What happens? And then the second thing is being able to express that you're angry in a clear way without uh, attacking. In other words, being able to say, this is why I am angry. This is a, a, a healthy emotion. There's nothing wrong with it. The Bible says be angry, but don't sin. You know, you can be upset. There's a reason for it. And be able to articulate that. It, you can do it. That can be done. Abraham Lincoln, when you're angry, count to 10. When you're really angry, count to 100. You know, that kind of a kind of approach. Like, in, in, you might have to find a way to cool it. And again, you know, my name's McDaniel, which means I'm Scotch-Irish, but my mother's name was DeBartolo, all Italian on that side. So I've got Irish and Italian blood in me, which means I'm pretty much set up for uh, having a, you know, pretty good temper. So I can tell you firsthand that you can work on this and you can get better at it. You can use anger now. Yes, you can use anger to change the situation and prevent something from reoccurring. In other words, you can use anger to address an injustice, something that's unfair, and keep it from happening again. Can have an absolute positive result, can, can, can come out of it. So again, anger is not bad. It, it, it can result in something very positive. But again, it's all about how you use your anger. Here's another, the Bible verse I read earlier, you know, be slow to speak, slow to get angry. So try to understand and listen to other people. Instead of just getting mad, try to understand why. Why are they doing this? Why are they blocking what I'm trying to do? Why are they not living up to the expectations that that I have, just these sorts of things can really help you if you can just communicate and try to, get, I'm not saying that there always will be understanding. I'm not saying that, you know, it's all going to work out, but I'm saying that if you try to understand, that goes a long ways towards funneling your anger in a positive and constructive way. Recognize when you're getting angry. Recognize it and, and, and say, okay, I need to slow this roll. I need to slow this right now. I need to slow where this is going. Because if I don't, it's going to reveal itself in some way that this can end up not being good. You're going to guilt other people. You're going to get verbal nasty with other people. You're going to use your uh, passive-aggressive ways that are just these sneaky little shots that you're taking at people that are not helpful and won't result in anything good. You're going to go through third parties indirectly. It's just going to create more problems in a larger setting with more people. No good. No good. Here's another, the degrees of anger, uh, understanding that, you know, there's degrees of anger. It doesn't, it don't, not every situation requires the same level or degree of anger. So just understanding that, 
I think that the teenager driving, you know, she probably did something stupid because she's a new driver. But, you know, you drive up to the light, you roll down your window, you see it's a kid, you know, a teenager. You know, you say, well, this is it's just, you know, it's just coming out of the driveway. It's, it's not the end of the world. It's not the, you know, it's not the same thing as, like, say, someone doing something at work that really is, like, messing with your career and your livelihood. Those are two different things. So they take two different levels of response. Being able to, to know that and, 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 and work out of that understanding is really important. And sometimes it's, it, it's important to choose compassion because here's what I know. You can't be angry and compassionate at the same time. That's worth saying again. You can't be angry and compassionate at the same time. And sometimes you just have to have compassion for people instead of getting mad at them because, you know, you just try to understand why are they this way? <laughs> why do they do what they do? And, and, and there could be, you know, things that has to do with their upbringing, their background, their per- present situation or some extenuating circumstances that are causing them to to act or react in in, in the way they are. And I want to leave you with just a couple other nuggets. One is, you know, don't don't be angry at God because God's perfect and he doesn't make mistakes and do things and if there's bad things that have happened, it's a it's the imperfect world we live in. It's the enemy of our souls. It's it's not God. God can redeem bad situations, but being angry at God is not the way to go. And I, I just would ask you, you know, does being around you make people less angry or more angry? It's a question to ponder and consider. Deal with your anger so that when people are around you, they're less angry, not more angry. And you can do it. You can do it. There's reasons, yes, but you can constructively handle it and be able to function in a healthy way, even with something like anger. And I hope that you will. And I hope that this episode has been helpful to you and will improve your overall mental health and, and, and really help you to, to live healthier. God bless you. Have a great week. You've been listening to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for tuning in. And we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.